Welcome inside the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. John Ledyard and Trevor Sykema from thedraftnetwork.com with you guys to talk some 2019 edge defender prospects. Yesterday we talked Nick Bosa, we talked Montez Sweat, and Cleland Farrell, the Clemson defensive end. We have now officially, Trevor, ripped on all three of the top three Clemson guys. Is that fair to say? Uh, Properly assessed. Did we rip on Farrell? I feel like yeah, we kind of like Farrell. We like him the most. You like him the most of the three? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No question. Too. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. We've also agreed on most of these guys so far. I feel like I like Sweat more than you did. I think Last we might week, disagree liked, a little bit here on the, you, today's maybe, episode. Maybe, maybe, yeah. I mean, today we're talking about Rashawn Gary from Michigan, uh, Joe Jackson from Miami, and Brian Burns from Florida State. Yes. I'm going to be honest. I didn't really think any of these guys look like first-round guys. Wow. Wow. Wait, you think that's a hot take? No, I don't know. I mean, it's a hot take to say that Rashawn Gary's not a first-round guy at this point, oh, right? Yeah, right. But to you, what did you see? Uh, which guy do you want to talk about first? You want to talk about Gary? Sure, we can talk about Gary first. Um, Wait, do you want to talk about Le'Veon Bell first? Future Tampa Bay Buck? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about Le'Veon. Uh, he's dumb for... For not taking that money, right? I tend to agree. There's like, obviously there, a scenario like, which works out for him. It's no, just, I yeah, but come on. I mean, you're, to me, if you're a running you're back, you're playing with fate mil, way too yeah, hard yeah. there. Well, he's been hurt twice, and he's had suspension history, and he's about to get 400 touches for sure. How how long was the contract? Five Four? years. Oh my goodness, Le'Veon! And here's the thing: people are going to say, "Well, you know, years four and five. You know, they're Steelers. What are you doing? The Steelers might not give that much guaranteed money in the family. back end of the deal. But, dude, the Steelers have always honored contracts and been good to get. Like, oh, I just feel like the track oh. record's strong there. Like, I don't know. I think you made a mistake too. But Le'Veon, no man. You know, it's it's a shame he's got to go to Tampa. It really is. <laughs> It's, That's the thing. Somebody's like, well, there's a bunch of teams with a bunch of cap room. Next because, year. I'm like, okay, yeah, so, so what was what did he sign for? Or like what would he have signed for for the contract that was offered? Is it was it twelve? Five years, seventy million. So fourteen million a year. That's uh he's six dumb. something million oh, he's dumb. more than the next he's dumb. running back. He's dumb. <laughs> he's dumb. That's the thing. He says, I want to be paid like an offensive weapon. Well, okay, like Here's six and a half million more than the next closest running back. Dude, how, ever. All right, here's a question. I don't mean to say Le'Veon's dumb. I've never met him. He's probably a really smart dude. Mm. Um, eh. How much do you think the Players Association is in his ear? Mm. I honestly, always wonder honestly, that. I always yeah. wonder that about these kind of contracts because when you look at this, when you look at Le'Veon Bell, look, man, I understand everybody wants to get what they're worth. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Everybody wants to push the limit to find out what somebody's going to pay for them, especially when you're one of the best in the world. I got no problem with right. that. Right, but what right. team in the NFL is paying Le'Veon Bell more than $14 million a year? Because I'm going to go with zero. I don't so, know. I think next offseason somebody think I think it could pay him more than 14? I think they could, yeah. Oh, well, then no. Way. I think a team no could. Way. Now, here's my question. If you get a shorter deal with more, let's say you get a couple million more. Let's say you're getting 15 million per and obviously the guaranteed money is really the important part of this cuz after that it's just kind of like team options. Right. But and we don't know those those specifics, although I think it was at least 30. Um, so 
if we look at the contract and you say, okay, here is a situation for Bell in which he can go and be a free agent, and I think he could potentially get 15, 15 and a half per year, and maybe a smaller percentage guaranteed. Is it going to be worth the risk? Is it going to be enough money, significantly enough, that it's worth the risk no. of getting another 400-touch season when you've no. already been hurt before, when you don't typically play 16-game seasons? If you look over the course of his career, he's had a couple seasons already where he hasn't made 16 games, one in which he's missed most of the year. If that's the case for a player like Le'Veon Bell, and you know you're going to put that risk forward, is it worth it? I don't think it is. I'm not saying he will get hurt this season. Obviously, he hope he doesn't. But like, if he suffers another major injury this year, there's no he's not getting what he wants. No That's chance. That's why I'm saying, man. I I I wonder how much. I really wonder how much the players' association is in people's ear. Because if you've got to look at the situation, even if you're Le'Veon Bell's agent, you've got to be like, hey, man, they're offering you about a third more than what the next highest paid running back is getting. Yeah. I like like I know you want to be paid what you're worth, but like them saying third a contract per year better than every single running back in the NFL, is that not already like a statement? Like, right. hey, you're the best. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, come It's not enough for him to be paid like an offensive weapon. He wants to be paid like a top five wide receiver. That's what he wants oh, to be paid. Man. And I think Le'Veon Bell's great. I don't think he's a top five wide receiver. <laughs> I know he's not a top five wide receiver. It's you just, know, it's, so it, you know, I understand the work that running backs put in and how much they get beat up and they want to get what they're worth and they want to get all that they can. And I definitely, I definitely understand that. And I, I do you, do you know offhand what the guaranteed money was from the contract they gave him or I they offered him? I don't know. Uh, I know it was probably less than the 45% that I think he was looking for. That's okay. I get, I think we probably should have stated that at the beginning, but that's a big that's a big deal. In, in I mean, all I still this, think you're right. talking about thirty mil guaranteed at least. Yeah, but at that point, okay, but at that point, you can trick a team into giving you more than thirty mil next year in free agency. So, like right. at that, mm-hmm. you also yeah you know, yeah you have to look at the Ooh. fact that Pittsburgh typically like I don't think unless he like. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like, is a team going to give him five years next year? Because I feel like Pittsburgh would probably honor his contract. Like, unless he was like, unless he had a, like a season and, you know, like a debilitating injuries or suspensions or something like that. But, you know, what's is, he's not going to suck on the field without one of those things happening. If one of those things happen, it could happen this year and he's taking that risk already. So it just, it's, it's just a big risk in my opinion. You know, the Steelers don't give out the same amount of guaranteed money a lot of the time that they do that other teams do, but they have a strong track record because they typically do honor those contracts. Um, like Antonio Brown's contract, for example. I think it's like 28% guaranteed. You know, so he's like 19 mil guaranteed, but the total contract was like 68 million. And he's making 17 mil a year, and he's the highest paid receiver in the league. Well, unless Antonio Brown, like, sucks which is not going to happen and like the same thing with Le'Veon Bell he's you know th- he's going to make all that money he's going to make that full 68 mil you know so yeah I think in you know the Steelers obviously have a strong track record of being able to of dealing with their players and, and getting their players fair amounts of money um, so you know there is that to consider there but like 
Mike Evans is the second. You know, he's making less per year, like five hundred thousand less per right, year. Right, right. But he's making forty six percent of his contracts guaranteed. Yeah. So the Steelers yeah. set up very team friendly deals, but they have a strong relationship with players, so they honor him too. Yeah. So, so yeah, it kind of works both ways a little bit. So what you're saying is that Le'Veon wasn't ready. <laughs> yes, Trevor. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying Le'Veon Speaking wasn't of being ready. ready, John. <laughs> Our friends at BlueChew.com know a thing about, too about being ready. But I'm not talking about signing contracts on the football field. I'm talking about in the, in the bedroom, okay? BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you guys know that they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, since they're chewable. They work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online, ships straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visits, no waiting at the pharmacy. Best of all, there's no awkwardness in this entire situation. So uh, they're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships directly, they're cheaper than a pharmacy, too. So right now we got a special deal for our listeners. you got to get it while you can, BlueChew.com, and your first shipment is free. If you use the promo code locked on, free. right? Locked on. You said free. Shipment is free. Free. Yeah. Promo yeah. code is locked on. That is beautiful. There we go. Nailed it. So, uh, first shipment is free. You just pay five dollars for the shipping to get it there. So, blue like the color bluechew.com. We thank those guys for uh, for sponsoring the podcast. Absolutely. All right, Rashawn Gary. I Every time him. somebody says Rashawn Gary's name, sorry, I just think of SpongeBob yelling Gary, like from the show SpongeBob, like oh, to his. Sorry, smell. you thought you were doing this podcast with a uh, with a fellow SpongeBob fan. I'm sorry you thought that. I Hold thought, up. I'm sorry that you thought you Hold were doing up. this with a fellow SpongeBob consumer. Are you saying that you've like never watched the show or you've never enjoyed the show? Uh, I have like seen parts of it but i've never like sat down and like actually engaged watching the show john john my boy i am not about we got things we gotta work I'm out i'm not about now, that I'm animated that life of watching wow, some dude. deep underwater creatures swim around and sing stupid songs stupid I'm spamming you. With, I'm spamming you today on Twitter. <laughs> Y'all better get ready because you're about to get spammed with some YouTube links, boy. I know a couple names though. Patrick. Somebody's named Patrick, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Good guess, dude. Uh, Anyways. All right, Rashawn Gary. Anyway, uh, okay. I thought he was not a bad player. You know, some guys I've watched that get a ton of hype, and I'm like, they're just not good. Like, I don't even know if they can make it. Gary can definitely make it, but like. He has no idea what he's doing as a pass rusher. I think that's fair. Um, what is he? At? I think he's 6'4", right around 280, would you say? 275, 280. 280. yeah. So, I mean, he's a he's a bigger edge dude. Uh, and I think, again, no, to your point, I think he's pretty nimble of an athlete. I think he moves really well for a guy that's his size. I think he's pretty explosive off the snap. But um, you are right in the fact that he is definitely raw in, in – Honing in on what, like even even jumping the snap, I don't. I look at his athleticism sometimes, and I, I wonder why I don't see it more. Um, and I think that's just a, I think that's just a mental thing, which I suppose is the side that you would rather have a guy be weak on because that's you like you can work on that. It's tough to, you can't really teach a lot of the athletic things yeah. that he's able to 
the body, which you like. But um, there's no question. I think he's got to put it together. He's got. He's got to. He's got to take a leap up in. You, you and I have talked about this before. Pass rushing with a plan, knowing what he does well, getting the most out of his strengths, knowing how to set up different guys, give himself more of an advantage when attacking the pocket. Not just being a better. And we see some of these younger recruits who are highly regarded, who play early on in their college careers, just rely on athleticism a lot. And I, th- I thought I saw a lot of that with Gary. Yeah, I think that he's very physical, lots of energy, very, very aggressive, uh, sometimes too aggressive, will get caught out of position. Gap integrity is not where it needs to be, but the ability's there. He just will abandon his gap to try and make plays. And you know, he just kind of, he's a little bit all over the place, um, but he's crazy powerful, like very powerful. And his pad level is very good. So, you know, he really struggles to corner. I don't know that it's a flexibility issue, but there's a lack of fluidity to his movements. I think, I think he's a very segmented mover. Like he can erupt upfield, but then when he tries to turn a sharp corner, that's very difficult for him. Like he came to complete stops despite having an advantage on the edge because he could not, redirect and corner off that tackle's hip and so that's concerning to me as an edge pass rusher as an inside pass rusher I'm very intrigued and this is where I get to my main point with Gary is that I think he might be a three technique you know yeah I mean, if if he's 282 pounds and I know some people said he's cut he weight a, and he's 274 he could be a really good three tech yeah like he wasn't pushed around at all I, re- I didn't no. worry about him in physical ways at all he's powerful He's he's explosive enough. I mean, his his get off is highly inconsistent. There were tons of times where he was a full second late off the ball. They run a lot of twists with him, so sometimes that's by design. But I feel like there were other times that you know he was just like sitting and then taking off late. And so there's some issues there that need to be worked out. He does pop straight up kind of out of his stance uh, when he's taken off as a pass rusher. But in the run game, I thought. He did a good job staying low, getting his hands inside. He can control blockers. He can stack and shed guys. He tosses tight ends around. There's no chance of blocking him with a tight end. Um, I Again, I did not think his range was great on the edge. I, I thought he got optioned off a lot and guys got outside of him. So, mm-hmm. again, why not play him inside? I just feel like a, a linear type of rush you know, uh, to the pocket uh, is going to be helpful for him. Um I think as a run defender, he's at his best at the point of attack. Uh, I think that that could fit better for him. I wonder if they'll do that with no Maurice Hurst there this year. He's going to get. I bet he gets some reps there. I mean, he's already gotten some reps there. But I'd like to see it. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, he's cut weight. I think he's like two in the two seventies now. He oh, wants okay. To, he wants to play on the edge because he thinks those guys get paid, and they do. Well, they and, do. Yeah. So yeah, that's going to be the issue. And now, okay, I'm excited to see him with cut weight. You know, maybe he's a little bit. Better in space. I thought he was. I thought he was not very good in space. I think he's the kind of guy that's going to test well on certain aspects of the position, but I don't really see it always translating to the field. Like I, I think he's like okay explosive, but I didn't like see. I, I think he has really short strides. He's like really short, choppy strides. Hmm. I don't know. He's a weird mover. You don't see guy like he just has some strange movement patterns. I think yeah, it's hard to it's it's hard to differentiate between like okay, is he just like confused? Does he not know what he's doing, or is this kind of mm-hmm. just like how he moves his body? So I think that another year under the microscope, getting to see him in 2018, will kind of get a better idea of of the, uh, an answer to that question. Right. Yeah, and I want to see him with a plan of attack. Like it's almost always just 
explode off the snap, fight to the death in front of you, and then hopefully you can get to the quarterback by the time he throws the ball. But there's not really like any type of patterns or plans of attack or counters or hand usage that's noteworthy. He's just kind of throwing his body into a battle. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully yeah. I see more a little more polish this season too. So I don't think he's worth the hype or even really close to it, but I still think he can be a good player in the NFL. And I'm real I am excited to watch him this year. But yep. like people putting him in the same conversation as Nick Bosa need to nah. just chill. Because nah. I'm not seeing that. All right, Burns or Jackson, who you want to talk about next? You like you uh, kind of felt like you like it sounded like before with the pod that you Burns intrigued you at least. I like, uh, yeah, he does, and here's why: Burns is like six four, right? And so like he's a, you can tell he's a longer, bigger body as an edge player. But I watched a 2017 tape of his, then I watched a 2016 tape, and then I watched another 2017 tape, and. He is so much skinnier in 2016. And so I went, okay, where did this dude start from? When he was in the All-American game coming out of American Heritage High School, mm-hmm. and he was 212 pounds coming into Florida State. And I looked at NFLDraftScout.com, and they have him listed, I think, right now as like 230. 231, and I'm like, yeah. I'm like, there's no way he's 230. I even looked at him as the reason they probably have him at 230 is because this dude legit has like doubled his body size because he's had to because he was a rail when he was in high school. Mm-hmm. And so I thought I was really intrigued by Burns because he's another guy who I thought was a higher energy player. Um, I thought he showed good strength, but like this dude just has to get bigger. Like, no doubt about it. Uh, we need to we this guy needs to put weight on his frame. But I thought, like, I saw signs of strength, some speed, some effort plays, some high motor plays that I thought, man, if this dude had 10, 15 more pounds on him, still kind of do these things, like, it was some good weight. If he's able to put some good weight on him, uh, we might be talking about a legit edge player. And so I'm very intrigued by him. I thought that he played with better pad level for a big man than Jackson did because I watched both of those guys back to back and so that Burns was better playing with his pad level getting leverage um I thought that he was more refined in that sense I just got to see more weight on him like he's he's got to be able to put on weight so mm-hmm. that was kind of my thoughts yeah that. no I'm kind of with you I mean I although I, I feel like I'm maybe a little bit less intrigued I didn't really see a lot and I do need to watch more because I think I only saw two games of him uh, but I just I didn't see a lot of bend or flexibility and really same thing as Gary, just kind of no real plan as a pass rusher. A couple flashes maybe, but nothing that really got me excited about Burns. I mean, I think he's, you know, there's definitely some explosiveness there that you can cultivate. Uh, but, again, he's 231 pounds, so that should I don't, be a calling card. I, I don't think he's that small. I think he probably played last year in the 240s, and I hope mm. – I actually did some research. I tried to Google this. I couldn't find anything to see if like there was a, you know, one of those off season reports where yeah. it's like Brian Burns gains 25 pounds eating 19 pancakes before like he goes to bed Key. every night. Arden keys last year. Arden <laughs> key is 295,000 <laughs> <Arden>. pounds. <laughs> Arden key. How'd you do it? I ate five peanut butter sandwiches before I went to bed. Uh. I chugged two gallons of water, and before I puked, I weighed myself. <laughs> I just remember us talking on the podcast last year, and we were like, 
what is Arden Key's weight? Is he like every day? He was posted on Twitter like up to it was like you know he was two thirty and everybody was like he's got to put on weight and he was like up to two forty five hashtag bless up and I was like oh, okay cool like he's gaining weight uh, up to two fifty five hashtag bless up okay cool <laughs> up to two seventy five like oh whoa 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 up to two ninety five oh so you're playing nose like what's, it was just kind of <laughs> oh every, you're in the heavyweight division now. okay cool every day was just like a new adventure with his weight I was like well what does this guy weigh I mean. And then he was 230 at the combine. So all that well, then was nothing. What, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to Burns. Well, no, what I was going to say, what do you think of Jackson? Like in comparison, because I think these guys are somewhat similar. I actually think that Jackson's more refined. Yeah. He certainly had the production. His freshman year, I think he led the Canes in tackles for loss and sacks. And then so, last year, I think he had similar production as well. Um, yeah. Looks like he knows what he's doing. He's It seems like a really high motor guy, but like, Dude's pad level's awful, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, he's too upright uh, in everything he that he does. He just pops straight up in yeah, the yeah. air. And he doesn't have any bend or flexibility around no. the corner. Like, if he's no. going to win as a pass rusher, I don't think that's going to be the way. Now, I, I never rule out a guy gaining that. I've seen it happen. I think Derek Barnett got a lot more flexible his final season. You know, there's some guys that have definitely done that. I think Chubb got more flexible. But with Jackson, I really don't see anything there. Like, I just don't think he bends at all. So, you know, he's an upright guy. He doesn't really drop his pads. But... He does have some great, you said it, great energy to his game. All three of these guys, they play super hard, very physical. He does convert speed to power, even though he's not that big of a guy. And again, I'll probably you'll probably see me say this a lot, speed to power has way less to do with how big you are, although it helps because you're generating force, but it has to do with your pad level, your hand placement, and your get-off. Those are the three most important things. Dwight Freeney could convert speed to power. He obviously, he had other moves that generated attention. Vaughn Miller's not the biggest guy. He convert. He's an tr- unbelievable bull rusher. So you can convert speed to power without being a really big guy or, or you know, powerful guy. Um, and Jackson does do that well. One of the things I like to do with guys, I like to go and watch. And this is going to fly. You know, some people hate this over the summer. I don't do it with their final season, but over the summer, I like to like look and see. Okay, is there like a highlight tape not a highlight tape necessarily but like a reel of their sacks or something like that with edge guys to see how they got yeah right their sacks. See how, let's yeah. see how all this production and let's see how any of it happened was he is he beating guys in 1v1 in these situations jacks always not? seemed effort yes it was effort and it was like knocking a tackle back and he, he did knock a tackle back a couple times but it wasn't a lot of clean wins a lot of slow burn kind of wins um you know it doesn't really cover a ton of ground up the arc I just don't know how good you can be as a pass rusher if you don't if you aren't don't have the ability to corner. Like, and I just did not see him really have the ability to corner. So, yeah. if he's going to be able to win that way, he's got to be able to drop his pads and he's got to be able to be really good with his hands at the top of the arc. Right now, yeah. neither of those things are true with him. Yep. But he'll convert speed to power. He'll dance inside you a little bit. You know, he'll try and you'll do dance some dances on his feet. And, and he's a workhorse. He is, he is. He is. And he's a good, he's a pretty good run defender despite and not having huge. great pad level. Yeah, I think he's, he's six five, six six. He's he's strong. I mean, I yeah, I did. Yeah, he is. I liked him as a player. I I said this is a definitely an NFL player, no doubt about that. I don't worry about will he make it in the league or not. I think he's six five, two sixty right now. Mm-hmm. I just don't oh, think there's a big ceiling. Gee, okay. Yeah. Well, it listed 258 on NFL Draft Scout. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a lot better weight. Yeah. So I mean, I, I I wonder what the ceiling is. That's my big thing. I don't know that there's a great ceiling with him. I think Burns has a higher ceiling than Jackson. I do. That might be fair. I need to see more Burns. I, I wasn't really. I, I didn't really think either of them had that high of a ceiling, but 
I see uh, other people post clips of Burns that got me more intrigued than the game. One of the watching. one of the games that I watched of Burns was that Alabama game, and me too. I'm telling you, man, Jonah Williams, like tackles are just, coming up. He just pisses people off. Yeah. I I like three like halfway or three fourths of the way through Burns's tape. You could see Burns literally just be frustrated when he went up against Williams because, like, almost not even try to do an actual move because he's like, I'm not getting by this guy. Like, you you, you saw in the early parts of the game, like the first quarter, Burns was trying everything he was could. He was being frenetic. He was going inside and outside, and Williams was basically handling him the whole time. And then, like, beginning of the third quarter, Burns was like, well, I'm going up against Williams this rep, so uh, good game. You know, like, <laughs> like he's – <laughs> Yeah, you could just see that he was. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He he seems like he just seems like a really legit tackle. And I'm not. Offensive line is definitely not my forte of evaluation, but I can I can yeah. tell when a guy's good, and and he seems to be pretty damn good. Well, we're gonna yeah, we're definitely gonna. I've got some thoughts on Jonah Williams. I mean, I haven't seen watched Jin study just him, but I've seen so many, so many. I mean, I've seen every Alabama game from last year like a hundred times. Yeah. Um, so I've seen a lot of him, and I watched a lot of them live. So I you're doing SEC. You're doing SEC for the Draft Network, right? Correct. Yep. So I'll okay. have uh, I'll have Jonah Williams' thoughts out there for sure. He's I can't wait for I can't wait for SEC Hive to start following you and coming after you about everything. Uh, well, what if I talk up all their guys? I'm a pretty big. I am. People always say I'm an SEC homer. That's what. Well, they also Are say you? about every, no, Man, you like good. You like good football. Congrats. <laughs> people say. Whenever I post anything positive about an SEC guy, especially in contrast to another or another conference, people on Twitter will be like, "Oh, you're just another media member carrying water for SEC." I'm like, I didn't even, oh. I don't even think about what conference guys are in because I don't even, I don't have a favorite team or anything like that. So like, I have no allegiances in college football. So I don't even that stuff doesn't even occur to me. But oh well, still a hater, I guess. That's the way it is. All right, tomorrow we talk about a bunch of different edge guys. Sutton Smith is the one that John Owning wanted to, our good friend who's going to join us on the show Friday. He wanted us to make sure we covered Sutton Smith. So we're talking about him tomorrow. We got Marlon Davidson in the mix, right? Um, we're talking about a lot of different guys tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow's going to be fun. I'm, I'm curious to get your thoughts on some of these guys. I've seen some of them already. There's a couple guys I want to take another look at tonight, but there's some, I'm, I'm looking for edge three in this class. Like, or yeah, I should say, I'm looking for edge two. I'm looking for who's going to be the guy behind Bosa. I think it could be Sweat. I think it. I mean, I think some people are going to love Farrell, and then who's going to kind of emerge? You know, because Gary's an inside guy to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to see how the season goes. But you know, those are the four big names right now, in my opinion. Yeah. And then who's going to come up after that? And could I think all three of those guys are passable? Somebody else emerges. So excited to get a look at these guys. Excited to keep talking. We'll do that Thursday. We'll give you our top fives uh, and we'll go back and give top five interior defensive linemen too. And uh, then uh, Friday, we'll have John owning on the show. Take some of your questions, talk some more edge guys, talk some D line guys, have a lot of fun. That's what we do. Keep it locked right here on the locked on NFL draft podcast.